The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the A-Side Live Chat. We're only one minute late this time. I think that's a new record. Usually, we're five or six minutes late. But anyway, I digress. My name is, of course, Jose Young with MMAFighting.com, your host of the A-Side Live Chat. Joining us this week, one of my very good friends. He's finally making his return. Hopefully, I think his track record is uh, two for two with technical difficulties on our end every time he's on. So fingers crossed none of that happens this time. But welcome back. Matt Wells, are you surviving in Texas? I'm, I'm good, man. It, it's hot again in Texas. There's, there's no indication that there was ever snow on the ground. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous How was man. the... Uh, did you lose power? Were you one of the people that lost power? I was... I was very lucky. I didn't lose power. Um, we lost internet for about an hour. That's about it. Oh, geez. So I, I was very, very fortunate. No trips to Cancun save you? <laughs> no. No. It would have been nice to be at Cancun, but no, man. I, I, we got about a foot of snow, and uh, we were stuck in the house for a few days. But other than that, we got we got really lucky. Neighborhood right across the street lost power for a few days. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah, man. Yeah wild and of course matt, matt is matt is holding down the fort texas but another fellow texan now holding down anglewood casey how's your you still have family in texas yeah yes i do yes i do and, oh, uh, it sucked um not the worst you know no one no one um no one got frost frost frostbite or anything but um a few friends had their pipes uh, pipes busted um or their parents houses um their pipes were a mess or something and most of the time, it was just uh, a few families. They just got together, huddled up, threw their everything in the fireplace, and just built. Basically, went camping in their living room for a couple of days. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. 
It's uh, and how and Englewood is still, of course, up to good. I would imagine. Always good. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. Always good. Yeah, Engle, yeah Englewood is up to the best. I think that's how it goes. Englewood is up. Doesn't even rhyme anymore. Yeah. But of course, you guys know the drill, Matt. You know the drill. We can talk about anything and anything you want to talk about MMA or non-MMA related. It will probably. I, I'm almost willing to bet it's going to be all MMA related. But shoot us any questions you guys got. <laughs> Without further ado, Casey, what's our first question? First question. Boo doo doo. That was a, that was a bad transition out of the music. <laughs> <laughs> I need like a little record scratch. All right. Terrence Leverett on Twitter. Curtis lost this weekend. Reminds me so much of what happened with Corey. They both are wrestlers who were one win away from a title shot. Should he do the Corey route and go to Bellator? Not because I don't think he is elite. I just think he would be better treated there. Thoughts? So... The first part of the question, I thought he was about to talk about Corey Sanhagen because they're teammates and they just fought. And then I realized he's talking about Corey Anderson. But Matt, yes, we're gonna we're gonna use this. We're, we'll talk about Derek Lewis in a little bit, but we'll talk about Curtis Blades for now. A, what if you're Curtis Blades' team? What are you telling him right now? You're telling him don't take this loss too hard. You, you got caught with the shot, you know, taking a kind of a lazy shot in, so to speak, right? That's just, being, just that's, don't. That's being polite. Don't do, yeah, <laughs> I mean, very you know, shot, yeah. Don't don't dwell on this one too bad. You got caught with a shot from a power puncher. Um, two guys have knocked you out in the UFC, ever, and uh, it's it's really not that bad. It's heavyweight. There's a lot of volatility. If you go out there expecting to not get touched on the chin at, at the heavyweight division, you're kind of living in a fantasy world, man. So I, I wouldn't take it too hard. Um, he, he's going to be fine. His skill set is still far superior to most other heavyweights in the UFC. So it's just good, get back to the gym, get back on the horse, you know, start training again. I guarantee you he's going to come out, whoever he fights next, uh, looking, looking really sharp. Now, this comparison to Corey Anderson, I hadn't really thought of. Corey Anderson, of course, I think had deserved the title shot even before he fought Johnny Walker. And remember, Casey, you and I interviewed Corey Anderson at that first dominance media day and that media day had everyone from Usman to Cejudo to Gaethje to Marlon Moraes Rumble Johnson made his first appearance in a long time and of all the interviews we did Corey mm-hmm. Anderson was by far the most animated he was on fire he was red hot when they when they were talking about uh, him fighting Johnny Walker saying obviously he felt disrespected mm-hmm. by Dana White and this and that I haven't really heard Curtis Blades say that in recently. He's obviously said in the past, but not in recent times. But do you see the parallels between Corey Anderson and Curtis Blades right now? A little bit um, in the sense that I think that the UFC just – neither Corey Anderson nor Curtis Blades were the needle movers I think the, the UFC likes. Um, they're, they're definitely elite um, fighters in their weight class, and, and both guys are, are capable of exciting finishes. We're also um, very capable. My Siri just turned on, <laughs> but also, um, but also very capable of um, grinding out boring losses. Unfortunately, what I think, what I think the comparison comes comes to mind was really is the fact that when Curtis Blades and Corey Anderson, when they happen to lose, they lose big. <laughs> you know, they get like smoked and they're just out cold. It's not like you know they lose a close decision or they get kind of you know. I don't know, just a, a dominant unanimous decision, more like a Tyron Woodley type of loss. I mean, but they're getting like just out cold. Corey Anderson got just out colded by um, the champ, 
and uh, Derek. We, we just saw what Derek Lewis happened. What happened with Derek Lewis? So uh, I, I see the comparisons, but um, but I agree with uh, uh, Mr. Wells. Uh, Blades looked really good until he didn't. You know, so like <laughs> until what, 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 what? How long did the fight go? Like six, seven minutes was that fight? Or, yeah, about yeah, that. Six, seven minutes. So for six and six minutes and fifty seconds, Curtis Blades are great. Just got to work on those last two seconds of the fight. <laughs> yeah, looking at Corey Anderson's record, he's been knocked out by Jimmy Manoa with that violent punch in the yeah. main event, and then he got head kicked by OSP in Madison Square Garden. And then he got knocked dead by the champ. And then before that, he lost a close split decision to Shogun Hua in Brazil, I might add. And then I think Matt, Matt hit it on the head. He's lost. He's been knocked out. But Curtis Blades has lost to two people in the like in, in the world. Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. Like, but, like, but how did he lose, though? It's not even that I know. he lost. Well, like, just how, like but like, look at how many other people have lost to those two like that. Curtis Blades just happens to have exactly. lost to both of them. And, that, and that, so. that's, that's just unfortunate. I mean, like yeah. – like, like Francis Nagano has losses, but like, but we never, we've never seen Francis just laid out like, I'm done, you know, and that's why um, I think in our heads we still see, you know, Francis Nagano has a potential champion with Curtis Blades. It's just, it's just harder, it's harder to picture that in your head because you've seen him just like flattened. So um, I think the, it's just, it's unfortunate, but. Um, yeah, Curtis, like, it's, a, it's a crappy Curtis, loss. <laughs> it's, it's a bad Curtis loss. Is in, Curtis, like, has anyone else lost to – has anyone else been knocked dead by Nganu and Derek Lewis? Oh, it's got to be one person. One, one, no. one, 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 unfo- one unfortunate soul has to be up there. Another one. I, I mean, both of them beat Volkov, but that was a decision yeah. for, for Blades. Uh, no, I'm saying has anyone, not, has anyone been knocked out by right. Lewis – and in Ghana. Oh, knocked like, out by like, Lewis. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, 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 like Curtis Blaze has been knocked out by the two hardest punchers in the UFC. And that's it. Like, yeah. I know Olin- has Olenek, Olenek hasn't fought. He hasn't fought in Ghana. Yeah. yet. Yeah. No. And then Overeem oh, hasn't fought yeah. Lewis. Yeah. Junior has right. fought both of them, but knocked out by Nganu, but beat, but beat Derek Lewis. I think Curtis Blades is the only one that has fought the two hardest punches and, and lost to both of them. Junior's one and one. Mm. Overeem could be one of yeah. could fight both of them if but I'm I saw a, a, a question about that coming forward. So so no, yeah. Yeah. I think it's crazy how yeah, we know we we've kind of conceded that Curtis Blade is Curtis Blade's probably the best heavyweight I would say he's probably the best heavyweight wrestler in the UFC right now. Um but yet you know, we always say, "Oh, wrestling that controls the fight," but wrestling ain't working for him against those guys. If you punch hard enough, it, neg- it negates wrestling, I guess. Yeah. Matt, I'll phrase it to you like this: Is Curtis Blades a better MMA fighter than Derek Lewis? Yes. Yes, I think so. I would agree. Um, Derek Lewis and- can just punch a hole through the sun. Exactly. Exactly. And that uppercut was so perfectly timed too. Like it doesn't matter who who he caught with that anybody in the world is going out from that uppercut so it's it's hard to knock curtis blades for this because like casey said he was looking really really good and everything he was doing the the feints that he was doing trying to create openings you know staying in space for the most part and then he just took that that ill-advised you know takedown shot and he didn't need it he didn't need that shot that's the crazy part like i i felt i felt the leg kicks and and um curtis's jab i mean i don't think it would have been exciting but i think he could have almost cruise his way to a 25 minute decision victory over lewis standing um yeah 
But I think Curtis Blade just wasn't comfortable, actually. He's like, this is almost too easy. I'm just, you know, he's like, I got to go go to his bread and butter, which. I mean, um, you got to credit you got to credit Lewis for that, too, right? Because, you know, waited. He was Derek Lewis, he, he's the biggest troll in the world, like mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. and inside of the cage. Right. And he kind of lulled him to sleep a little bit, I think, too, because he was like he all of the feints that he was doing, like was, were getting zero reaction. Derek Lewis just kept standing there. Like, you know, with, with both of his hands up, just staying in his in his own little pocket there. And Curtis was just trying to make something happen. And, yeah, something happened, all right. <laughs> he just ran in Derek Lewis's fist. We'll talk yeah, about him more exactly. down the line. But I, if Curtis Blades does want to go to Bellator, fine. But I think the better fights for him, like the fights that I'm interested in, are all in the UFC. But Bellator heavyweight division is fun, too. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say no to him versus Bader or him versus – who else is in that the division right now? Timothy Johnson and uh, I mean Shaq Congo and all those I mean, people. Curtis Blades is a top three, top five, four heavyweight in the world. So obviously anywhere he goes outside the UFC, he's going to be the first or second best heavyweight there. So I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. Curtis Blades could be the I don't know, he could be the best heavyweight in the UFC. It's just not against those two guys. <laughs> I mean, just not, not, get, just not when he runs into a fist like. Yeah. It you happens. Know, yeah. You get punched. You get, anyone gets punched by him. Like that's like Stipe got punched by Francis Ngannou and survived, and that's what. And that's why he's the champion. De- Daniel Cormier survived and submitted Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's why he was the champ. The people that can survive against those two mm-hmm. are champions. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk more about Derek Lewis yeah. later on. I imagine. Yeah. Like no, real quick. Um, it's I know Curtis Blaze. His career is still far from over, but he. He might be he might be one of those guys like where you say he might be the greatest UFC heavyweight that never got a title shot. I mean, he still has time, but he's still yeah, has plenty of he's time. still really young too for the yeah. UFC heavyweight yeah. division. I think, but sure. he, those are big losses he has to make up, though. I mean, like I don't I don't see the UFC putting him in the front like toward the top of the line again. I feel uh, it's gonna be. As, as a bad but he's loss. still at this. He's like he's still a headliner. Like he could headline a fight night. Like coming 100%. off a loss, 100%. so, and one and one of the other differences between him and Corey Anderson is that he goes out there and finishes fights. Most of Corey Anderson's wins were decisions and not the yeah. most exciting ones. Well, you know, that's Curtis just Blade, you, Curtis Blade was kind of known for that too. Yes, Curtis, yes. Curtis Blade. But that, had, but that was also like his last. His last. Uh, I guess it was his last win in the UFC because then he yeah. ran into Jan Blachowicz and Curtis, got starched. I think Curtis Curtis Blades gets a bad rap for his decisions because like he knocked out like the Mark Hunt decision and the Justin Willis decision and the Volkov decision were just dominant. Like I don't think yeah. he lost a second of those fights. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Hunt and Willis, he just threw around like a sack of potatoes, and then he knocks out JDS, Shamil, Overeem, Olenek, like. He's either knocking you dead or he's just throwing you around like a big brother. So I think there's a little bit there's a little bit of a difference between the Corey Anderson and the uh, Curtis Blades uh, decisions. And then the Volkov fight was just he just been asking him for five rounds, which is fine. I actually thought that fight was closer than than people remember. But yeah, he obviously sure. won that fight. Yeah, but like there's no question he won that fight. Yeah, he won the fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you also won anyway. the fight. But but it was one of but for a fan. You want to see your, you want to see the other guy like leave a different man, like you know, at least like leave with a limp. At least I mean, Volkov was just like, I lost, you know, like he's just like, yeah. that was, I'm tired now. But um, I yeah. think I think as fans, you know, when you see a main event, you 
mean, I'm for, I mean, we watch sanctioned government violence, so I mean, we want to see violence. So, uh, especially in the heavyweight division, yeah. that's what fans want. <laughs> All right, anyway. thank you for your questions, sir. All right, uh, do 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 do. Cringe from MMG2K20 on the site. Did you guys see Cejudo's interview he did with the Schmo? Two questions. Am I the only one that loves the cringe? His gimmick is ridiculously entertaining. Two, it appears he is still calling for the Volkov Volko fight. So, Volkanovsky, do you think he, we will see Cejudo in the featherweight division in 2021? Uh, I'm going to be transparent and say I didn't see the interview. Uh, Schmo does a lot of interviews with Henry Cejudo. So, <laughs> if it happened, I probably thought it was the same one. Uh, that's not a knock <laughs> on the small. It, it wasn't on my radar. Um, so, Matt, do you like the cringe gimmick as much as MMG 2K20? It's it's different, you know. I don't I don't <laughs> hate it. I don't I don't love it. It's just different. <laughs> it, it gets attention, and you know people talk about him, so it works for him. But yeah, it's the thing with Henry is that he's always kind of been that way. Because I remember way back at. UFC 192 in Houston. Um, we were just working in the back, and I believe me, me and Casey were actually sitting at the same table, just editing our interviews and whatnot. And Henry Cejudo just walks up and just sits down next to us. And I look over, it's like, oh, Henry, Henry Cejudo just chilling, and he was cracking little corny jokes even way back then. So he's always kind of been that way. But you know, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I, it, it would bother me if he keep, continues to do all of this stuff and throw out all of these challenges on social media and never comes back. That would that would definitely bother me. Yeah, the only the cringe gimmick I'm indifferent to. It doesn't bother me, and I don't hate it because people are talking about it. it is what it is. I I do find him calling out every single fighter under the sun when after he retired, and there's like if he's retired, he's not fighting then it is what it is like stop calling people out like you gave up the belts willingly uh that's a little annoying but again i'm not losing sleep over it casey do you like this cringe gimmick i'm gonna have to go with what matt said it's a thing <laughs> i i acknowledge it i you know i i'm aware of it and cool if it makes him feel comfortable um i and in, in, in general um i don't like gimmicks in mma it's like like you know, like you guys, I'm I'm a, I'm a pro wrestling fan too, and but I like my pro wrestling and I like my MMA. It's too, I, I don't I can't I, I get the crossover. It kind of like it's like it's bring that gimmick, you know, that kind of the promos, the, the 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 you know the pro wrestling promos to MMA. I get that as far as you know getting people hyped, but uh, I guess as long as, yeah, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> there are there are and i wouldn't even call them gimmicks i like the fighters that kind of blur the lines between so you actually question like is this person actually like this or is this just a character like the chael sons and the ben Askrins mm -hmm. of the world they're just like really good talkers and they might not be like that off camera but they blur the lines like for colby and cejudo and maybe a few other fighters like you could tell like you've interacted with them both off on camera off camera they're just completely different I like th those. It's as Matt and you call it. It's a thing. It works for some people, I guess. I'm indifferent, but it is what it is. Anyway, we go ahead. Casey. So, but I, what, what, I guess why why Cejudo's cringe thing I don't really care about, or I me mean, it doesn't offend me or anything because um, 
Because he's a he, sorry, I'm cursing now. He's a gosh dang good <laughs> fighter. He's really he's a really good fighter. He he was a double champ. I mean, like so, like you can do whatever you want, man. You can like I don't know, you just wear I don't, come out wear stupid stuff. I don't know, wear big baggy jeans and a, I don't know, like stupid shirt. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just like I don't care what he does, honestly. Because Sudo's a really good fighter. So when you're that good. You can do all the stupid jokes you want, you know. If he sucks, if he was yeah. like, you know, then it, then we'd be like, oh man, he sucks at fighting, and I don't like his jokes, you know. But as long as yeah, he's, it's it's not problematic either, right? They're, they're no, just yeah, corny, it's not it, there's no, corny jokes. Right. It's corny so jokes. So it's yeah. like it's silly. I mean, how can you really be mad when it guys just being a goofball? Yeah, I, I I'm more I'm more over the word cringe. How about that? I think that's yeah, one of my, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I think we need a new word for that. Just, also, I, 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 <laughs> I know there's there's a lot of rumor and innuendo of uh, Ali controlling his clients' Twitters and stuff. I know for a fact that Henry Cejudo controls his own Twitter. Because I've seen, like, I've been around him. Because he lives in Arizona. He actually lives fairly close to me. And I've, like, been around him. And he, I've seen him post the tweets that everyone goes. And then people will respond, like, oh, this is just Ali. I'm like, no, that's Henry. Like, that is 100% mm-hmm. him posting his own tweets. So, Give him credit for that. He's not letting other people do it for him. But anyway, the second part of the question, do we see Henry Cejudo fight at featherweight in 2021, Matt? I would like to because, again, all of this talk, it makes me want to see it. And if we don't get at least some return, I mean, obviously I would love to see him come back against Volkanovski because that would just be an incredible accomplishment. If he could come back and actually beat him, that would be ridiculous. That would be legendary status, right? So, yes, please do it. I want to see it. Let's just let's just embrace the chaos, so to speak. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. If Suhudo, if Suhudo, Suhudo wasn't a long enough champ at 35 to just go up to be a champ, uh, to fight for the belt at 45. To me, uh, but if Suhudo wants to come back to 45, he fights the number one contender, and we have Max Holloway versus Henry Suhudo. So I would be down for that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that one. I just think I just think I don't know. There's something I don't something I don't like about Cejudo jumping in front of the line at everyone at featherweight too. Yeah. Not, well, not mostly different. because like, like if I think of all the divisions, like if he gets an immediate title shot at bantamweight, fine because he was the champion, and he vacated, and he's the returning champ. I get it. Flyweight, if they want to make Figueroa, if he wants to fight the winner of like if Figueroa wins, and he wants to fight Figueroa. 100% fine with that, too. I don't think he would fight Brandon Moreno because, you know, they got the whole, like, Mexican champion thing. And Henderson, who has been a huge advocate of Brandon Moreno. Um, I don't like him skipping the queue at featherweight because there are a lot of interesting fights at featherweight that I want to see. Because, like, again, like, that top five, like, none of them are fighting each other right now. So, yes, agree with you. If they make it, whatever. Wouldn't be my first choice. Also, Suhudo just wants the big money fights. Yeah. Which, you can't yeah. blame him. You, you get you can't get what you don't ask for if he wants to make it. Because like again, I talked to him off camera and stuff, and he's a hundred percent just about the money. If there's no belt on the line and he can make a lot of money, he's totally fine with that. He just wants to make as much money as possible and get out. All power to him. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I have absolutely zero uh, hate on Cejudo calling for that title shot. I totally get that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not hating. That. I'm not hating on that at all. That's actually what you. What I, I do see some. Yeah, of the, I do see doing. some of the YouTube commenters saying Dana White called his bluff, which I also agree with. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's 
It's yeah, the name of the game we're living, man, right yeah. now. It's it's all about skipping the line and calling for money fights and, you know, division dominance be damned. So yeah, it's <laughs> why uh, I've said this before. It's why champions like uh, Max Holloway and Kamaru Usman right now, it's kind of, well, maybe not Usman at the moment because he's calling for the Masvidal fight, though he did tweet anyone can get it. Like fight like champions that are just next man up, I'll fight you, like is kind of a breath of fresh air in the current MMA landscape. Yes, my goodness. Steve paid too. Cool, cool. You just, gotta, just make sure you pay them right when they, before they get in there. That's 100%. all they're asking. They don't, they don't care who the person is. Just pay them what they're owed. Um, all right. Do, 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 do. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bones, bones, bones. I'm another question from MMG2K20. So it looks like there's a few questions. <laughs> what will John Jones do if Izzy wins the light heavyweight belt and calls him out? Thinking about this more and more, John Jones is happy for Habib for around five minutes and one tweet when Habib beat Gaethje and called himself the pound for pound number one. After that, one tweet in five minutes, Jones was furious at the idea Habib would, should replace should be placed above him. His ego would not let it go. If Izzy were to win, look into the camera with the belt and say, hey, Johns, I got your belt. Come get it. Would Johns' ego let it go? You know, for a fact that the UFC will try to make that happen too. So, yes, there's a lot to unpack here. We all remember John Jones was happy for Habib for about 30 seconds. I don't even think it lasted five minutes before the tweet started to come. Also, I think... I don't know if Habib called himself number one. I think the voting panel voted him number one, and then Habib was like, I am number one now. Like, now I can retire. Um, John Jones obviously took issue with that. Fine, it is what it is. So, Matt, what do you make of this whole John Jones moving to heavyweight scenario? Will he go back down to light heavyweight if Izzy wins? What say you? Wow. Um, I would imagine that they're all like John for one is kind of really paying attention to what's going to happen um, with that fight with the Jan Blachowicz and Izzy's fight, because that's, a, that's a bigger money fight than anything that can happen at heavyweight. I think that's bigger than a steep a fight right now. That's bigger than an Nganu versus Jones fight just because of the way that Izzy can market himself and, you know, whether or not the UFC gets on board with that, that's another thing. And, and social media videos from yesterday, notwithstanding either that we don't need to discuss here uh <laughs> but yeah i i think that john is uh he's one of those guys that knows how to position himself to really kind of get in the ufc's ear because he has the legacy um 
already like set in stone, right? Um, the whole thing about calling for number one, I think, was purely just negotiation tactics on his end because he's unhappy with his money. So him going out there and just reminding everybody, no, nah, I'm still number one. I'm I'm still the king of this shit. So <laughs> like uh, UFC, please remember that when we step into the negotiation table, right? So I think that was all just negotiation tactics. I think he really doesn't care if people consider him to be the number one personally. I think his ego is just like, you know what? I know I'm the best. So whatever you say doesn't really matter. I, that's just my opinion. I could be way wrong on that, but um, John's, John's, John's the type of guy that knows he can really just beat anyone that they put in front of him. I think. I think John goes through waves. Like I think when he, what he tweets, he a hundred percent means. And then like the next day he might feel differently, but in that moment, I am very confident that he was offended that he was not number one anymore. Uh, to the point where he was tweeting like, you know, this is because my coach has put in this, the work and this and that. And I just want the respect. I'm like, John, you're the best fighter. You might be the best fighter ever. Talking about at this moment in time, pound for pound number one, I'd still would probably would have put Habib. Doesn't mean he's greater than you. I think John Jones is by far greater than Habib. I just think at that moment, Habib was the pound for pound best. Casey, what say you with this whole scenario? Oh, John Jones is super jealous. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He, yeah, of course John Jones is angry. Of course he wants to be pound for man. He wants he wants he's got good. I mean, John Jones ain't wealthy, but he's rich. You know, he got lots of money. He's so he's and he lives in Albuquerque. It costs like 50 cents a day to live in Albuquerque. He's good. So like, you know, it's like, so like, so he's got, no, he's they, got pay, no, they, they, they pay you to live in Albuquerque. Yeah, they pay, yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. And I love Albuquerque. I'm a big fan. Just, but you know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, it's good. It's good. It's good for the wallet too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but. I don't think I don't think John 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 Jones Izzy is ever going to happen. Um, if, if John Jones throwing I me, mean, well, actually, if John if John goes back to two hundred five, I'm really worried for John Jones because a bulked up John Jones is a very slow John Jones. So um, I don't see John Jones if Izzy wins uh, next week. Next week, yeah, pretty, uh, week and a half. If Izzy wins is a double champ. Uh, or, see, is, is the assumption that. Is the assumption Jones? Is the assumption Izzy is going up in weight to heavyweight and just fighting John Jones at just some random, just a heavyweight? Just he for could. fight? I is, think that, is that is that what we're kind of talking about, or is we talking about Jones coming back down to two hundred five? Either one. Oh well, to me, there's a big difference. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Um, I, I think, think John hasn't even fought heavyweight, so like that. Once he, if he wins the championship and he's the heavyweight champion of the world. Then maybe we can talk about it, which I think eventually, inevitably, will happen. Uh, but yeah, I, the Izzy John, the Izzy John fight is looking less and less likely as time goes by. Like Izzy's Izzy's uh, prediction of fighting twenty twenty one International Fight Week is looking less likely. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. Um, yeah, no. No, I think let's it's not forget Izzy. Izzy did fight at heavyweight in his kickboxing days. And, he and he's not necessarily bulking up for this fight against Jan Blachowicz either. So he could very well, you know, take a take a summer off, add a few pounds, and step in there at heavyweight. It yeah, could happen. It could he, happen. Poor Robert. He, poor Robert fought, yeah. Oh yeah, poor. But is he fought a who did he fight kickboxing heavyweight? I mean, he he wasn't fighting um, like Rico Verhoeven at um, at heavyweight. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he was fighting. You know, regular. Like, yeah, he weighed in at two. What was it? Two twenty back then. So that was a while ago. 
and yeah. I, I don't remember the names, but it was a few fights. He fought at heavyweight. I mentioned I don't know. I'm, I, I actually don't know about his his heavyweight kickboxing career. I, I knew about I knew about him when he was in Glory at middleweight, but um, at heavyweight. Um, did he have like a little gut? Was he like kind of P, like BJ Penn? Man, did you ever see that fight with BJ Penn when he fought Machida at heavyweight? Oh, so good. <laughs> they were both so Such pudgy. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of like, kind of like how he looks Can, now, right? Let's. Uh, I see because I oh. the YouTube comments. A young Cynthia Vance oh. wants us to answer one of her questions. There you go, <laughs> yeah. Cynthia Vance. She was com- like, we, in- complaining so much. I had to get her out. Like, I know. With a blocker. It's a legitimate question, as she wrote in the comments. <laughs> Cynthia Vance, with all the increase of reports about reports out about the kind of fake it till you make it approach by one do you think there will be a point where their house of cards would inevitably collapse so the fake it till you make it i'm assuming what do you what what is the assumption here casey that that only like like literally only one person is watching one but they're saying one billion so yeah (laughs) there's also been a lot of like ice because on the forums and what have you um a lot of people think they hire media to attend, mm-hmm. so it makes it look like it's a massive gathering, which I don't I know. Do. Uh, That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. What is the end game when their numbers, especially with the viewership and profit, are fabricated? Man. And That's a big question. Like, loaded question. Fake, <laughs> it is a very good question. The fake it till you make it thing, like, we don't get to see their weigh-ins either, huh? In terms of the actual, like, in term, like outside of the numbers, we don't get to watch their weigh-ins, Correct. They don't stream it yeah. or post it or anything. Yeah. What, what, so the, this the, whole yeah, the whole idea of weigh-ins is a very uh, North like as far as being for the public is a very yeah, North yeah, American yeah. thing. It's but, just not it's one just not championship's whole one championship's whole thing is there's no weight like there's no weight cutting like you fight your natural weight. But if we can't see the weigh-ins, how do we know? Like who did Eddie Alvarez lose to? His first uh, I forgot the gentleman's name. His first that fight. dude was not the same size as Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> like Eddie Alvarez didn't cut weight, but I'm willing to bet his opponent cut weight. But we didn't get to watch the weigh-ins because, you know, like, oh, they weigh in at 170. They enter the, the ring at 170. I don't know how true that was. I would love to know. But uh, will this, the, quote, house of cards collapsing, do you think that's inevitable, Matt? It's it's very possible. I mean, they've got to really come up with some some financial <laughs> some financial results because it's it seems like they're just borrowing money from everywhere continuing to just go out there and put on this face of hey we're doing so great everyone's watching us um we have the best reality show in the world um billions <laughs> of people want to be a part of this organization and it's just not true <laughs> so it, it's it's wild but i mean apparently it's working with some investors still because they're still getting they're still getting some some backing. I mean, I, I don't know it's how legit. long it can go on, though. I agree. It is legit. Uh, Casey, do you know what the website Glassdoor is? Uh, no, sir. So Glassdoor is like a uh, Yelp for businesses, but specifically for employers and employees. So <laughs> Cynthia is still saying, answer my question, you coward. So it's a way. So like if you work at like Joe's Towing, in wherever and they have a glass door account you can and you have an interview you can go on this site and people will review the interview process they'll review the ceo they'll interview they'll review uh the working environment the benefits everything so it's basically yelp for job seekers 
won championships, if, if anyone is, hasn't read it, is pretty all over the place. Uh, like one of them, I just pulled it up right here. One out of five stars, September 30th, 2020. I've been working part-time, won championship for three years. The pros is free lunch and video games. The cons is it is a very awful company, all lies. That is one of the reviews. Uh, some of them are three and four stars, but I don't see a lot of five. Like there's a lot of one stars. Pros, good salary, uh, bad work-life balance, upper management was unethical, secretive, and lots of smoke and mirrors on finance and company performance. Uh, another one, good salary, travel opportunities, con. Everything in this company is, quote, fake. So if you, anyone wants to go read what the actual employees of one championship have to say about the company, go read their glass door. There are some positive. They're not all negative, but there are more negatives than I think a lot of people would imagine. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So who knows? There's, there's it could happen. Plenty of reports, too, about, you know, as you kind of touched on about journalists being um, compensated to attend their events are, are, are widely available. Just just ask your favorite local <laughs> combat sports journalist. I would they love may, to cover might tell you one. Like, I don't want, like, I would never take them up on their offer for getting paid to go cover an event. But as, like, a journalist and a fan, I would love to go experience a fight week for one championship. I know our former co-worker or my f- more f- former colleague, uh, Mark Raimondi, did before the, I think it was the, the, the big Demetrius Johnson one, or he flew over there. And uh, he did great work. He got great access. Uh, Chaudhry, the CEO, his whole thing of what is he gave an interview where he's like, uh, we're real martial artists. And we, but then he like brought up, he was like comparing their, like, what, what did he say? He's like, we're like real martial artists, like Jet Li and Jackie Chan and everything. I'm like, no, probably don't use actors to for to, for your big selling point on being real martial artists but uh i would love to experience it just probably won't happen unless they come to the united states and mm-hmm. i hope they succeed and it's not all fake because competition is great and fighters need enough more of a uh, selection of making a lot of money because if demetrius johnson eddie alvarez say north cut all these cats are making a lot of money all power to them yeah um, hopefully it just turn, work, doesn't turn it into a phone about sage scenario. coming back today <laughs> All I gotta say is I am super excited for Sage Northcutt versus Shinya Aoki. Mm, and that gonna, is not something I had on my twenty twenty. I'm gonna board. enjoy this cold beverage now. Mmm, <laughs> mm, delicious. Where, where's my polo? I have a one polo. <laughs> they, I have one some, polo somewhere too. It's I we never we worn were, it. I I got three of we these. Were in Vegas, <laughs> we were I don't know what to do about for, uh, we That's right, man. I was in. Matt and I were sitting at a coffee shop doing work because uh, I can't remember yeah. the coffee shop's name, but it had phenomenal internet. And we were just sitting yeah. there working. And then some guy comes up and he goes, I'm with one championship. Like, I'm a representative. I was like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you. Like, I was kind of half listening because I was editing a video. And right. he just gave us shirts and disappeared into the night. <laughs> I was like, all right, the weirdest I'm probably thing never going to wear this. Yeah, 100%. The weirdest thing anyway. Like, we, we all kind of, like, shook him off. Like, okay, this is a weird fan <laughs> sort of guy. <laughs> But no, he legit gave us like very nice, high quality, high quality shirts. <laughs> golf polos. If I was a golf, if I ever played golf, that would be a high quality golf shirt. Yeah. I, I wear anyway. that shirt around often. I'm not gonna lie. There were it was there were a few. Uh, uh, I don't know if they were media or whatever, but there were a few people that were wearing like one championship shirts on Fight Island in the hotel, like when they weren't at during at Fight Week uh, stuff. So they were just like getting dinner in the hotel lobby and stuff. There were. 
at least three or four one championship shirts I saw that they definitely got like just given to them. <laughs> the things that people do for like free swag is unbelievable. So weird. It's not like, like Matt, you've covered boxing before, right? Yeah, for sure. If, did you have you covered? Do you have you covered a Manny Pacquiao fight? No, I'm not covered a Manny Pacquiao fight. So Manny, pa- like I remember, there was one where Manny Pac, like Manny Pacquiao's team, gave out shirts to like the media, like they were just throwing shirts into the crowd after at, like a workout, and then the next day, you know, at least eighty percent of the media was wearing those shirts during the fight. So boxing is a whole different animal when it comes boxing to boxing. Is the, people that cover boxing it's just oh, wow it's unbelievable it's like you, you might as well just call it an extended fan section back there because that's what it is basketball gets like that too sometimes <clears throat> i've never covered basketball so i can't speak to that but boxing it's ridiculous back there boxing man okay now next question we we, we alluded to it earlier and i have no, i've been seeing this mentioned a lot on the social media platforms but i have no idea what they're talking about so, uh, <laughs> what's up with Izzy Bird feeding his dog and groping his dog's privates? That's the USC's next superstar. Have either of you guys seen the video? Is it on? Is, is IG? Is that what it nope. is? Oh, oh, whatever. Um, no, I don't. Actually, I follow very few fighters, so I don't. I just wait for the good ones to get retweeted. I saw a lot of people tweeting about this to the point where I literally just had to Twitter search it, and the video popped up. And yeah, it's a little weird. I don't think it's as gross and awful as people are saying. It's not like doing crazy things. It's like he's cuddling with his dog, and he makes like a joke. Oh, okay, okay. It's very. It is. Ve- it is weird. It's very <laughs> weird, but it's not like people. I don't think you have to bring out the pitchforks for it. It's strange. It's just something I'm, like, I'm just like, look, I, I like what well, the vi- whole video is like 20 seconds. I'm just like, I, why? Like, why? But then it's like, is he's a goof? So I don't know. It's not like he's yeah, abusing it. Yeah. That's the what do- it is. But like, the, dog look, the dog look happy? Dog look fine? They were just cuddling on a couch. All right. What's the big deal then? What's the big deal? People are Some aware. people like Juan Adams uh, tweeted a funny thing. He goes, reason why I'm not used, like the difference between me and Izzy. And it's like, I'm not a champion and my interactions with dogs. And he's just sitting next to his dog normally. Yeah, it was funny. Was Juan Adams is a funny guy, funny cat. It was just weird. I think Izzy does a lot of things just to troll people because he, he gets so okay. much backlash for, for just being him. Like he gets so much backlash for being a, a fan of anime. So I think he just kind of amplifies shit just to kind of continue to piss people off that, that that think he's like the quote unquote cringe callback to earlier, right? Why does he get sh- he he still gets shit for watching anime? Anime is like a, a billion dollar industry. It's like that's all I say. Yeah, but oh, you guy. watch you watch comic you watch comic book movies. You watch you watch Marvel movies. That's that's for kids. It's like it's a it's a billion dollar franchise. Whatever. People <laughs> like, don't want people to enjoy things. Yeah, my, my exactly. I've been alive for it. thirty years, and my biggest takeaway is no one wants you to enjoy what you want to enjoy, and nobody cares what you're interested in. They want to talk about what they are interested in. And there's like 1% of this world. Like if people like say Matt is a huge fan of the boys TV show. No idea if he is or not. I am. I, I've watched the boys. I mean, I've never watched the boys, but I've read all the comic books. A normal person in this world. If I go, oh, you watch the show. I read the comics and I'll talk about the comic book. 99% of them will tune me out and then be like, okay, but the show. And I was like, 
cool. All right, your turn to talk. And I will listen intently and give you the courtesy that you did not give the rest of the world. No <laughs> one cares what people have to say about what they're about what they're interested in, and it's a travesty. Anyway. Hmm. That's a good point. But yes, anime is great. Go enjoy it if you want. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Give people so so say people have Netflix or Hulu or whatever, drop them a couple of recommendations of series a series to start watching. Mm, it just really it really just depends on your because it's it's like what yeah. like if you're a really big fan of like the mind trip like just like getting lost in this crazy bizarre anime but it's not like over the top like some people they think of anime they think of like dragon ball and naruto and one piece where it's just like this big over the top like spectacle like fight scenes that last like half a year of television which those exist if you like like roxy and izzy love those type of shows i love naruto one piece i'm it's still going on so i can't it's 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 been going on for like 20 years i love dragon ball i like dragon ball better than dragon ball z dragon ball z is great too i think uh paranoia agent is by satoshi khan if you're just a fan of cinema like just high quality movies like have you seen uh um perfect blue casey no, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. So Perfect Blue and Paprika, those Paprika. are I've seen Paprika. Th- like, but it's a phenomenal mm-hmm. movie. Whether it's animated or not, it's a good movie. Yeah. The same guy made Agent Paranoia, and it is like twenty-five episodes, and you will be engrossed by it because it's a phenomenally. It's such a unique story. Like, if you're a fan of like, um, what do you call it? Like Twin Peaks. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a kind of fan of like that. Agent Paranoia is great. I think Cowboy Bebop is the best anime ever because the guy who made it really wanted to make a Cowboys and Indians Western style anime for like the Western audience. And this production company's like, no, really, we really want a sci-fi show. He goes, F it. I'm making a cowboy show in space then. And that's exactly what he did. And I think it's phenomenal <laughs> too. Uh, Attack on Titan, I think is, if you're a fan of like lore, like Game of Thrones or uh, it's like that kind of thing where there's this big miss. Like, remember how every I like Attack on Titan. I do like that. Like every that's episode of Game of Thrones, Thrones like, every yeah. scene of Game of Thrones, like there's like, oh, what are we working towards? Like, there's all these mysteries that are coming mm-hmm. out, and there's like these like hypothetical scenarios and theories and everything. If you're a fan of that, Attack on Titan is kind of appointment viewing. Uh, I know our former colleague Sean Alshadi is a massive fan of. Yeah, dude, haven't seen Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue's fantastic. <laughs> like Perfect Blue. <laughs> It's jerks so in the comment good. section just so jerks. if people but like it's a huge there's a huge twist in it and i don't want to give it away if you've seen black swan black swan totally bit perfect blue like not even just storylines but like whole scenes like the framing of scenes and everything it's 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 if you see that movie you're gonna see it but yeah um bebop is great big o is are great you, they're all great. are you a uh one punch man fan so I was a really big fan of the Dem- One Demetrius, Punch. Uh, Demetrius Johnson loves One Punch Man, by the way. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. very popular with Western audiences. I was oh, okay. a really big fan of the webcomic because it was originally a webcomic that I gave out for free. And then anyone that does that, like I have a good friend, Jason Youngbluth, who does Weapon Brown, which is uh, like a post-apocalyptic Charlie Brown, which is like Mad Max meets Charlie Brown. And now he was doing that for free. And now he's kind of catapulted. Now he sells it. And that's what happened with One Punch Man. And then it became a TV show. I think the art is phenomenal. Absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal art. Uh, the first, the second season is way better than the first season. I don't hate it. It's not my favorite. 
I get why people love it. It's just not my favorite. But if you just want to really quick turn your brain off and watch One Punch Man, uh, it's great. Uh, Happy would just no. give us nice recommendations. He's a hotel documentaries, whatever. That should, I, Julia watched that and it bothered oh. me. It oh. really bothered. Me. Oh, if you want to talk about the yeah. the, the, the Cecil Hotel doc, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go off on that in a, I, in a very, in a very I, positive I, way. I, I no, thought it was. I mean, great. it was I a loved. well-made documentary. I absolutely hated every single person in that documentary. Well, that's on purpose. Same. That, 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 Same. that that's on purpose. It's not. Yeah, I get it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you really want to watch, uh, real quick on the anime thing too, because I know our audience. <laughs> real quick, we're too late. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> uh, if if um, subtitles don't bother you, I think Cross Game <laughs> is so is such a gem of a story whether it's the manga or the show it is so good and you're gonna go into it being like i'm gonna hate this i have never been so engrossed by a story in my life um and then there's a new movie on netflix that you can watch for free called children of the sea family gosh is a great anime show. shout out to rhode island uh yes. children of the Fantastic. sea i've i've introduced i told esther to watch this at one point mm-hmm. Children, it's a manga the right sea? behind me. Okay. It's a manga right behind me. These these kind of mm-hmm. tan Series. books behind me. It's so unique, and they made it into a sh- movie. And the same illustrator did the movie too. And it's on. Oh, it's such a beautiful anime. It's a movie too. If you want movies, like pretty much any of the Ghibli's. But if people want to say Ghibli movies, they're not, Miyazaki is not the only people that make movies in Ghibli. So, yeah. like, pretty much watch all the Miyazaki movies. Uh, watch Grave of the Fireflies once and then never watch it again because <laughs> you don't want you won't want to watch it ever again. But anyway, I digress. I can talk about this stuff. All oh, I know, I know that, that was uh, uh, my fault. My fault. I kind of I kind of set you up, and I knew I knew you went, you couldn't say two things and just go and like oh watch this and this and we're done. No, Attack on Titan. Watch Attack on Titan, Bebop, and if you're a little older, kids watching this, don't watch uh, Agent Paranoia. Wait for wait till you're a little older. Adults watch that show. All right. Well, no. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, we, we got we got lots of questions, so we're gonna we're gonna go through them kind of fast, which means I'll shut up. Uh, we got time. We got we don't got media day today. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Terrence Leverett, thoughts on Invicta and UFC parting ways? Is it just a way to make room for EFC and other newly signed promotions? Also, where would you like to see Invicta end up? Would you like to see them under the Showtime banner? Hashtag the A side. Casey, I'm gonna start with you. Because you're very close to the Invicta team. You've done a lot for them. You've shot videos. You, you're friends with a lot of the fighters and the people that run that organization. A, what did you make of the Invicta and not UFC, but Invicta and the Fight Pass, like kind of leaving Fight Pass? And if you had the decision, where would they end up? I wasn't surprised. Um, I'm not going can't, to can't air too much dirty laundry out here, but I wasn't surprised. Um, I'm, uh, it was a. Uh, I'm happy for him, Big FC. Um, I know I'm hoping they find a new broadcaster um, soon. Maybe they do. I actually don't know. Um, but yeah, there's. I think there's. I think there's lots of good options for them out there. And but I hope whatever new broadcaster they get, um, either Showtime. It, it, I doubt it'll be Showtime right now because they're very focused on Bellator, and I don't think Showtime can do two promotions. So unless they merge the promotions, which would mean the Invicta will be fold, which I just don't see happening. So I, I, don't, I just don't, unfortunately, I don't think Showtime is going to happen. But, um, you know, there's so many, there's so many, new, like, I don't know. Like, I see, I keep seeing all these stupid commercials for Hulu has sports. Okay. I don't know. I guess maybe Hulu will broadcast Invicta FC. There's 10,000 commercials about it. So mess, mess, maybe, uh, maybe I'll pay attention to one of them. 
But um, I just hope they find a good broadcaster, and I hope that broadcaster can throw some more money at them so they can um, uh, ramp up their production value because they have great fights. Um, and but right, um, but I just feel they need more funding to to make their shows the the how they look on TV as good as they actually are in reality. That's about it. Matt, what will you remember most from the Invicta UFC Fight Pass partnership? Um, I just remember the convenience of it. You know, I didn't have to didn't have to hunt for it. It was just right there on Fight Pass. You know, it, it was really easy to access, and I liked the. Uh, <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But the questions of how long that relationship was going to last was always there. I remember way back even before then, you know, the questions of, you know, the financials of Invicta was always a hot button topic. And I was kind of honestly surprised to see them last so long on the Fight Pass platform. But I would like to see them kind of just branch out and do their own thing. Like if they could just stream like on their own like YouTube channel for a little while and see how that works out for them. I don't know what the profitability would be for them going that route, but you know, it, I, I just want to see them do something a little bit different than no other promotions doing right now. Um, Hulu would be a great option. I think that's a fantastic suggestion there by Casey. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Where was their? Where did they first? Uh, um, yeah, where was their first broadcast? Uh, their first, they were like a YouTube stream. It was a, they had like yeah. a YouTube pay per view or like Fight TV, one of those things. But they did, they didn't, they weren't with uh, some sort of uh, network or yeah, they weren't with a big conglomerate. Or no, not, not at that time. By that time, there really wasn't yeah. an option either. It was, it was, it was and like also six, like seven years ago, in, so what, the world was a little different. Also, when Invicta started, they were the they were going to be the place to be for women's MMA. Like yeah. since then, yeah. like like shout out to them for making like kicking the door in. But at the beginning, like like Strike Force had women's MMA, but then once Strike Force got absorbed into the UFC, that didn't happen immediately. Um, but now you got like the UFC, Bellator. Uh, rising like all these other major promotions have it it's just more competitive like casey said a million times those like look at invicta fc like in its first one or two years yeah every fight has big name in it it's because that was the place to be yeah it it was yeah like i've I've said it on the show before but like me working at those early i think victor's one through maybe seven or eight all through those shows um essentially right until they kind of sold off the strawweight division to the UFC. Like, even though those women weren't household names or stars in MMA, just being there and watching them fight and watching them, you know, how they talk on camera, how they just, you know, just their manners, um, how they behave, I mean, not manners, um, just um, how they carried themselves. Uh, I was like, dude, these women are going to be freaking stars. And um, and, and uh, Dana saw that too. I mean, that's why the kind of the, when he went to uh, the one Invicta they had in LA with Cyborg on the card, and more importantly, they had Alexa Grasso and Arena Aldana. And when Dana White saw those women fight, um, he was like, "Buy them, get them all," <laughs> you know. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, and who knows? This world, this the MMA landscape would be so different if just imagine if Invicta just had the funding and they could have kind of kept all those fighters. I don't know. Just it's a it's a it's a it's a very different world, especially when it comes to women's MMA. But it didn't happen True. that way. And here we are. I as, long, wish, as long as they get to keep, as long as they get to keep Fight Church, uh, I'm cool with where yeah, they not Fight up, Church. You know, I uh, I wish they had. Remember when the Invicta held that card in Las Vegas 
during a big UFC fight week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I thought that was such a good idea for whoever made that decision. Awesome idea. Yeah, but when, when they first had the UFC, UFC Apex, that's what I thought things were going to be like. I thought yeah. UFC would have the pay per views on Saturday, and then on Friday there's like an Invicta card at the Apex. You know, this all yeah, even uh, I thought, I thought I was like, I, oh, well, it makes perfect sense. You know, so, but. yeah. And even Laura Sanko brought that up when they did the first Apex store. She's like, man, I hope Invictus in here, but pandemic hit probably changed everything. But yeah, yeah. hopefully uh, Invictus sticks around because it is a hugely important, uh, hugely important promotion. Yes. Dana's controversy of his late stoppages from Tristan Gordet on the side. Two Dana, Dana's controversy. Dean's yeah, what I say, Dana. Yeah, Dean's yeah. controversy. To MMA fighting, in your opinion, do you agree with McCarth- John McCarthy's assessment surrounding the controversy of Her- Herb Dean's late stoppage during the fights this past weekend? Uh, John McCarthy's uh, uh, like breakdown of it was like sometimes that happens, right? It wasn't like anything like in depth, right? The the Herb Dean stoppage on Blades is that what he's, John? Right? I assume yeah. I assume so. So John McCarthy yeah. said, I think his phrasing was like sometimes this happens. Like, but uh, Matt, what are you? What hey, were you okay with the stoppage? Like uh, in terms of it being late, did you think <laughs> it was a super late stoppage? I didn't think it was late at all. I think Chris Tyone had a egregious one earlier in the evening, like the first fight. significantly worse. Yeah, the first yes. fight night, yeah, significantly so, worse than what Herb Dean did. I mean, listen, he, he's in there with two gigantic heavyweights one one is a a wrestler who shoots power doubles at will so you don't want to get too close to these giants that can just bowl you over if you're in too close if a guy lands a knockout shot like that and can instantly follows it up with more it's hard to get in there and stop one or two more shots i think it was fine he did the best that he could he he instantly recognized when blades was out and it was kind of a weird thing too because blades kind of he kind of froze and then fell over too it, it was kind of one of those things where he wasn't quite sure where he was at that angle what if he was out yet i'm sure if he was on the other side and saw him completely locked up he would have maybe stopped Derek from you know going to the going to the ground with him but i think it was fine like like you know it's, it's it happens it happens say, say, the, say the line say the line these things happen say it these things <laughs> happen in mma yeah. i think there are worse to, i wish yeah, do I wish Herb Dean jumped in earlier? A hundred percent. But I don't think he he I don't think it was necessarily like this big awful mistake he made. He just wasn't in position to get in there quickly. Like uh remember when uh when Masvidal knocked out Askren, the referee was fought like those those last few punches that were quote super necessary. They definitely weren't. Um the referee just wasn't in position to get in there quickly. If Herb Dean was right on top of it, yeah, he would have stopped it. Just wasn't there. Casey what did you make of that stoppage? Uh, not Herb Dean's best performance, but we've seen worse performances. Definitely seen worse. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, Herb Dean was a little late. Because rec- if you watch, I, I, I saw the, I mean, I watched the replay a few times, um, just mm-hmm. focusing on Herb Dean. And it, to me, it was kind of obvious once her, Ray, uh, Razor, once Curtis Blade started kind of <laughs> falling over. <laughs> His friends call him Razor. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're buds. You know, Razor. <laughs> Um, when Blade started falling down, it was pretty clear he was out, and I, I don't think Dean really needed to give a you know a full analysis once he hit the ground and laid still for a while. But um, not the worst, and I think and I think if um, if uh, Derek Lewis didn't do the whole "Hey, it's your fault, Herb Dean," <laughs> it's like if he didn't yeah, do that, yeah, yeah. we won't even notice it. But uh, that kind of added to the controversy a little bit. But um, 
Yeah, let's let's, let's focus on on Chris Taioni. <laughs> that, that was yeah. that you, see, uh, you see Derek Lewis's follow tweet about it. He I, with the yeah, I saw. It. <laughs> what what, what, what Well, first of all, oh, Derek, the, he's about, okay. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. And the Undertaker. I, saw that one. I don't know if he. Yeah. Or wait, which the, one? Because uh, there was a couple I saw. He, which one? What did it, the the one that made me chuckle a bit was. I got to pull the it. Black was, it. The Black History Month was That's hilarious. The, one. the Black History Month was so funny. And then he waiting couldn't. For Black, <laughs> waiting for Black History, History Month to be over so I can make fun of Curtis for talking crap before the fight. <laughs> and, then, and then he talked crap about it in like 15 good. minutes. He, could, he couldn't wait another week. He had to go, ah, screw it. <laughs> that one's good. I did not see that one. I, I, I did see a whole bunch of stuff on his uh, Instagram story. Yeah. Cool, cool. Anyway. And Curtis Blades hasn't thrown Herb Dean under the bus or anything, and he's nah, the one that nah. actually took the damage. So, nah. is what it is. Yeah. Thomas Moore, if you are Derek Lewis with the one fight left on your deal, and your stock is is and never will be higher than right now, was over him the right call out? Never is a strong word. He could get his stock could be higher in the future, but uh, Houston, Texas, go gets a big knockout win. Obviously, we've talked about it. Derek Lewis over Curtis Blades. So Matt. If you're Derek Lewis's team, are you waiting for the winner of Jairzinho and Cyril Gaon, or do you really want this Overeem fight? If I'm the team, if it's me, I'm saying we're waiting for the winner of this fight because that makes more sense in terms of rankings and where everyone is in their career. Um, but for some reason, Derek Lewis wants to fight Alistair Overeem, and it's just a weird thing that actually helps the UFC because now the UFC doesn't feel pressured to – to fit Derek Lewis back in this title picture. That's kind of a log jam right now. And we're all kind of waiting for John Jones to be like, hi guys, I'm here. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a mess right now. And it really does help the UFC. If, if Derek continues to push for this overing fight. Derek Lewis said a million times, the title is great, but he fights for the money. He'll quote punch anyone in the world for money. As he told Daniel Cormier, uh, if he wants overing fine, I personally want to see, him fight the winner of Jairzinho versus Cyril Gon Casey. We talked about it a lot on the post-fight show, but for those of you who have, we didn't tune into that live quickly. Casey, what are your thoughts on this? Um, no, I don't like this call out. Uh, I feel that with Overeem, essentially probably one of the one of the worst Overeem performances we've seen in a while when he fought Volkov. Um, not saying that Overeem sucks or anything, but like. I just don't think the version of Overeem that we're going to get versus Lewis is going to be it's, it's it's not going to be a better version that fought Volkov. It's going to be more more battle worn and older. So I'm just not sure what um, the UFC can get out of that Lewis Overeem fight. Um, but if Lewis wants it, cool. If Overeem wants it, cool. Uh, I don't like it. Um, the fight I love and I'm not going to get because that would make sense is I would love to see uh, John Jones make his heavyweight debut against Derek Lewis. And um, that's the fight I want. One can dream, Casey. One can dream. One can I, dream. Just, just, just imagine yeah. those gentlemen, just their uh, mean faces, and I'm going to beat you up. I love it. <laughs> you love to see uh, it. Those gentlemen. Those gentlemen. gentlemen. I love it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, oh, I think... Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, a little bit of this, I think, this weekend's card. For Corner Sports NY on Twitter, Alonzo Manifield and Pedro Munoz both are coming off back-to-back losses. Who's going to need a win more on this card and why? 
Well, I think the obvious answer is Alonzo Menafield because Pedro Munoz is a ranked fighter. So if you lose three in a row unranked, it's not looking great. Right, Matt? You are correct, sir. But uh, Alonzo Menafield's also at 205 where they really need people. So he could You're stick well. around. Could stick around. Plus, he's a Fortis guy, so I'm saying he's sticking around regardless. There you go. <laughs> I would actually think um, Munoz, he's only come off the, the very close loss to Frankie Edgar, correct? That's what. And Sterling. Oh, you just lost to Sterling? Oh, to two losses for Sterling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, I actually think it's more important for Munoz to win, which, uh, like um, um, Matthew said, uh, Alonzo Minifield, he looks the part, and 205 is always kind of shallow. It's just, it's, I think it's always been kind of shallow. So um, I think Alonzo Menafield will stay around uh, win or lose. And But Pedro Munoz, not that he'll get released if he takes a, if he takes a third loss in a row, but it's going to be tough for him to get anywhere near title contention if he takes another loss. Uh, well, Pedro let's Munoz, also not forget. He's very good, but he just yeah, move the needle. His yeah. fight against Jimmy Rivera is a rematch. He's already 0-1 against Jimmy Rivera. He lost like a long, like a long time ago in the UFC. Oh, what he does have going for him is he has wins. He has stoppage wins over Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt. So if those two are anywhere near the title and Pedro Munoz has big wins, like stoppage wins over them, then that obviously benefits him. Rob Font has never had his uh, – has never been higher in the rankings. Cody Garbrandt's obviously one of the most popular fighters in the world. Uh, one win, and he's already talking about getting a title shot right away and fighting Jose Aldo, fighting Davidson Figueroa. But I still think it's Menafield because he might not be in the UFC with another loss. I think Pedro Munoz will at least get one more if he loses. But I don't, obviously not a guy. Obviously a win is hugely beneficial for both men. See, I, I, I just went with the who looks better coming off the bus. That's what that's, I was like, well, Menafield does, so he's good to go. Well, yeah, Alonzo <laughs> Menafield looks like, he looks like, uh, who, who's that cat? Who's that that linebacker on the Bills, Matt, with no cat? neck? And just um, all thighs, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's still there. I, I mean, it kind of reminds me. He's been retired for a minute, but he's like. Oh, you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Takeo Spikes. Yeah, Alonzo Menafield has like the same body as Takeo Spikes. Just he walks out, and you're like, "Good God!" Like that dude could run through a brick wall, head first. We're talking regular sports now. Come on, what's going on? Sprots ball. Sprots ball. Sprots ball. (laughs) Sprots ball. Shoot the touchdown. Let's go. All right. Shoot the touchdown. You're not familiar with this? It's a new one for me. <laughs> PFL and Bellator from Alan Lane. Apologies if I mispronounced your name. Regardless of star power, which format do you prefer? PFL's annual seasons or Bellator's Grand Prix system? Also, will PFL ever overtake Bellator as the number two promotion behind the UFC? These are questions. The first question is a thought, is a question I've never pondered, so I'm going to ponder a little more. Will it overtake Bellator? Maybe. Isn't PFL on ESPN? Right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, so ESPN actually if people has two, view, two, two if people portions. still only view like anything on ESPN, like unfairly, people view whatever's on ESPN, they're going to hold in higher regard. Whether that's fair or not, that's another conversation. So maybe. I think the pandemic obviously hurt them, uh, both promotions. But PFL, like, again, it's probably easier to follow for people who don't follow MMA with like because they're used to a seasonal format, so maybe I think it's a little too soon to tell. But Matt, which do you prefer, PFL's annual tournaments or Bellator's Grand Prix system? I love I love PFL's I love their their format. 
as, as an entire like promotional gimmick, right? I, I think that's just fantastic because it takes a lot of the guesswork out of what happens when, you know, we're talking about titles and things like that. So I love that, but for a promotion that's not entirely wrapped up in that, I, I appreciate when Bellator does have Grand Prix. So I guess if I had to pick like what I prefer overall, I, I, would, I would love to see like the UFC implement the PFL system. Oh, I think okay. that would be amazing. They, the question is, which do you like better? You can't the PFL, the PFL, PFL system, you, annual wow. seasons. I'm going with annual seasons. You, you and your sports ball seasons. Exactly. Seasons. Exactly. Do you, do you want exactly. seasons? Because so we can have an off season. Is that why you want seasons? Because if you have seasons, that There's means. No, I mean, sure. Yeah. If you have seasons, you yeah. have to have an off season. Why not? Why not? I think that would build up anticipation for what happens during the season, like with sports ball, right? <laughs> the sports ball. Sports ball. Uh, personally, I'm touchdown. <laughs> personally, I am a huge fan of Bellator's Grand Prix system. Strike Force Grand Prix system, Pride's one Grand Prix system. I love I don't care even PFL, I don't care what tournament it is. I love tournaments. You can't argue with who fights who next. You're in a bracket. I love that. I absolutely love it. UFC when's the last outside of tough, what's the last tournament they did? The flyweights? On the, the uh, flyweight title, the one that Tim Elliott no. won. No, no, I'm not the, tough, the yeah. Dimitri, the one Demetrius Johnson won. Remember they? Did oh, a yeah, yeah, the, the four man tournament that then that they screwed up. They, they did because <laughs> Ian Wall. Not only did they screw it up that way, Ian McCall, Demetrius Johnson should have gone around four mm-hmm. because it was a tournament fight and it was a draw. So if, if anything's a draw, it should have gone to a final round, a fourth round. But again. Uh, I love tournaments. Don't care what what format it is, whether it's seasons. I do like because if, if you haven't watched Mike Hex's interview with Anthony Pettis, he did kind of lay it out. He goes, he enjoys like I fight every two months. I know mm-hmm. when I'm fighting and I'll know who I'm going to fight right after. He likes that. It's not going to work for the UFC mm-hmm. uh, because you're also UFC will lose money fights if there's tournaments. Because also heavy wrestling, like Curtis Blades would probably dominate a lot of Grand Prix. Because he can just control you, take less damage. Anyway, I digress. I love the Grand Prix system because it, it mixes. Because right. you can you can have your tournament, you can have your Grand Prix, but then you can mix in your actual prize. There are kind of big money fights too, so you're not just for 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 business and for, even for fans. You're not entirely dependent on the grant their their bracket format. You can still mix in other fights too. So um, I I think the Grand Prix system is allows more flexibility. But also allows the best fighter to advance too. So, uh, that being said, I do like how now there's two like the PFL system. I don't hate. I don't hate it at all. It's just another option we can watch. Yeah. Every promotion adds something different. Ryzen has the ring, and the theatrics, which are all awesome. Bellator has the Grand Prix, which is awesome. PFL has annual season, which is awesome. And the UFC is just doing its thing. I like how every promotion has something different. And on top of that, they all have different rules, no matter what, in, depending on what city they're in, too. So. Hey, man, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Fight to fight. Different cage sizes, different, like, how tall, how many sizes cage has. Is the cage a circle? Is it a ring? Uh, MMA. I think it's a sport. UFC ranking. Should fighters have contracts that, that enforce them to take fights against lower-ranked fighters if they're coming off a loss? Conversely, if a, coming off a win, you're guaranteed to fight someone ahead of you. 
This might prevent fighters holding on to a ranking out from Allen Lane on the site. Um, this is complicated. This is complicated, and the fact that media people make these rankings that would make this question more tr- more complicated because then you would be actively controlling people's contracts based on their rankings right yes yeah. and yes and no but i don't know the better option though cuz what you let the promoters decide the rankings then you and then who decides the, who ranks yeah. them then is it that's why i don't want that's why i, I don't know yeah. i i, 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 I pro- hate promotional rankings i just hate promotional that rankings. i agree with yeah i, I like, agree with it's yeah. all great for marketing and for the casual mm-hmm. fans so like tune in if you don't know who's who i totally get it i wish there was an ap style like college football or like tennis where like everyone like a third part like the reporters have their own poll the problem is we're gonna need all of the sites getting together for like a powwow Imagine if there was an MMA JA or something that could get that done. Oh wow! <laughs> shots fired! Wow! No, no, no shots fired. No shots. No shots. Just had That's to take it. Well. it was standing. It was Stop sitting it. there. It Stop was it. sitting there on the platter. But uh, Matt, what do you think about this whole ranking situation? Because Bellator is now having their own rankings too. Yeah, the Bellator one is kind of weird for me because it's like, do you have enough fighters to even rank in some of your divisions? But we got top um, ten. I think I think they're enough. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, I do. I do like the fact that Bellator has a more respectable um, roster of <laughs> media members. You know, compiling their uh, compiling their rankings. Give some of these guys that do it for the UFC, it's like, who are you? I've never yeah. heard of you before. Give um, the Bellator website, rankings like your six website months. doesn't even yeah. exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see how those rankings are in six months because everyone everyone still has to you know contribute, and once people start getting lazy and stop contributing. Then all of a sudden you're yeah. down to, you know, MMA, you know, butttouch.cc, you know, ranking. <laughs> you know, right. Don't go to that site. No one look for that don't site. Probably. Yes. No. Uh, or do and report back. I, yeah. I won't go myself. Um, but no, the, the weird thing about the rankings is like if you're basing your promotion, obviously like with the UFC, like their promotional thing is like money fights, right? So if a money fight presents itself, regardless of ranking, they're going to make it happen. Yeah. Um, thinking of Jose Aldo getting a title shot off of losses. It's just how it goes in the UFC. Um, Whatever makes them the most money, they're going to do that. Rankings be damned, even though they're telling you, hey, this is the ranking system, and this means something. Um, But it really doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't at the end of the day. Yeah, that's why why I hate promotional rankings, because they don't mean anything. Unless Mm -hmm. they mean something when the promotion wants to use it against the fighter. Outside of that, I don't think it means anything. Or, or or in some commissions that are be like, hey, this guy's ranked too low. He can't take this fight. Isn't that what happened in New York with Paul Felder or someone yes. like that? that, was, like, oh, I, thought that I thought that was a rumor. I thought that was I thought that was cleared up. I thought the commission said that wasn't true, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. thought Paul Felder confirmed that. I could be no, cool. I, I, I could I, be I, wrong, but I thought Paul Felder. No, said I'm pretty confident that's what the story went out originally. That, that that's kind of the truth that stuck, but it actually wasn't true. Um, because who? who because the commission never said that. The commission never said that. I think the, you know, like fighters. The thing with that too is anything that's wonky that's happening with the New York commission at the time. I think people would have been like, yeah, that's just on par. Because <laughs> New York is a bizarre commission. 
It is. Hmm. Look at me spreading fake news. How dare good for, me? Good for you. Good for you, sir. <laughs> Curtis Blades rose to the title from Matt Bradbury. With Curtis Blades recently losing to Derek Lewis, swiping ranks third, how many wins would he need before a title shot? Personally, I would like to, Also, who would you like to see him fight next? Personally, I would like to see him fight Sergey Pavlovich or Alexander Gustafsson. I don't think there's an exact number. Curtis Blades just needs to fight. I don't think there's an exact number. Um... Who should you fight next? Don't know. He's already fall out. But Matt, who should who should Curtis Blades fight next? And how and how many more wins away for before we can actively start talking about Curtis Blades getting a title shot again? Curtis Blades could very well end up fighting the winner of Cyril Gunn and Gerald Rosenstrike, especially with Derek Lewis fighting wanting to fight over him. So there's a lot of weird things that can happen in heavyweight right now. I don't see him needing a ton of fights. He could very well have two and be in a title shot. But I think that's I think that's the minimum. I think two at minimum to get back in that conversation. Um, and then when weird things happen, like if Stipe retires, if John Jones comes up, there's all sorts of mess that can happen in heavyweight right now. But I think it'll be fine either way. Um, I like the I don't know if I like the Gustafson matchup or the Pavlovich matchup, honestly. I, I think the winner Gustafson's or loser going back of this to matchup, 205. Yeah, I thought that was a thing too. So, yeah. um, winner, winner or loser of this upcoming event would be my pick for him next. Casey, who um, should Curtis Blades fight next? Oh, I remember who I said I wanted. Um, it, it's it's a yeah, big jump. In I know who you're gonna say. Uh, I was going um, Curtis Blades versus um, Romanoff. Remember wow. him? It's a little bit of a. So you want Curtis Blades to fight an unranked fighter? Yes, I do. Wow. Yes, I do. Romanov's coming right. with two big, two All two right. dominant victories in UFC. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, I like I like big I like big jumps. I like big jumps. I I think I, I think I think it's man. Isn't Wal Harris like a three? Was he on a three fight losing streak now or two? Two? Uh, mm. No, I I I don't like that for I don't like that fight. Um, just because he's lost two in a row? Yeah. Um Yeah. I I, 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 I don't I see Curtis I think I don't I think it's a hard road back to the belt for Curtis Blades or to be a number one contender. Uh I think those those are big losses. Uh, like I said, like he didn't lose the decision or a close loss. He got like just out colded and um we're like he, he, he got knocked out so bad the UFC cameras were like, don't put the camera on him. Just, just point it somewhere yeah. else. Then, you know, that, that, you know, it was one of those type of knockouts, you know, that's, that's how it, did, did, did you see the boxing knockout between, uh, Valdez and, uh, I forgot his opponent's name. You see that? Yeah. He got, yeah. It was a murder. Did you actually watch the whole fight though? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a, Oh dude, that boxing match was Phenomenal awesome. Fight. Oh, such a yeah, good, you throw two, you throw two Mexican boxers in a ring. Something oh, it was such a good happen. fight. But did you notice how differently they cover boxing covers big knockouts versus how UFC covers it? Just at, um, if you're at home, watch, watch the last round and watch the following 10 minutes and how they covered the, his opponents, um, how he got knocked out and how they handled it versus how the UFC handled it. Uh, it's just handled it's just very different very different and and i really i i really like the very mature and safe way boxing covered it because very much acknowledging how freaking dangerous what these gentlemen are doing in there and um uh, i'm sorry i got digressed a little bit on that um but talking about big no you're not wrong and i think that's directly related to mma's never had a major death in the ufc 
Yeah. Yeah. Because boxing fans, I think I remember Polly when, you know, when everyone was hanging on Polly, but Polly was talking to me media. He talked about this a lot, how like boxing yeah. fans know that you can die in there. And MMA fans are kind of still in denial about that. Um, but uh, it like, <laughs> freaking look at what like how Muhammad Ali's life was at the end or Joe yeah. Frazier, mm-hmm. like Joe Lewis. Like you see their interviews in the end of their life and you're like, was it worth it? And like MMA is still such a like the UFC specifically is such a young sport that we don't really have that right now. And that, but we have but that it's coming around the corner. We have guys like it Spencer is. Fisher talking. We have guys like Mac Danzig talking. And I'm sure like there's a lot of stories out or, there that we can't publish like, that we know about other fighters. Going through that you know. too. Like Matt, you remember what happened with Junior Seau? That is a yes. as big of a travesty as possible. Or like Jim McMahon of the Bills. I mean, God, the Bills, the Bears. Like, that's happening in every major sport, and it will yeah. happen with MMA. Even at younger ages, like with Anthony Hernandez. I mean, he had, he was he Ooh, obviously had a yeah. couple of screws loose, but he had CTE bad too, and he was still young. Like, it's just or um, heads are not meant to be crashing into things. <laughs> did so. how did 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 we have, did they ever say how Vincent Jackson? passed away like what was the cause of that i never saw that i never saw a a cause or a reasoning hey do um, you know who vincent ja- did you hear the vincent jackson news casey you might not know who he is but it was kind of in the headlines for a bit was that is that recent vincent jackson no yeah. yeah it was like in the last week or so vincent jackson was a at one point in time an, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. okay yeah unbelievable i didn't know the details of the story uh, but yeah you yeah tell me. it's on the chargers and the buccaneers and he was unbelievable and he how old was he like early 30s and he passed away in a hotel i don't know how um but i know his family donated his brain to cte uh studies too and there are a few talk about like jeff hardy and uh mick foley professional wrestlers have already said when they pat whenever they move on to the next part of like when they die they are 100 percent donating their brain to ct studies too like they've already written that out that that is what's mm-hmm. going to happen with their bodies so you just think of all the chair shots Mick Foley took to the head my god I don't dude I I love at the point there was I used to love the attitude era I used to love it I've done a lot of rewatching. I was like god I it's so hard to watch now do you remember when The Rock wrestled Mankind at the Royal Rumble yes and he got through the spotlight I have I've watched like Casey have you ever seen that match no I haven't so like the matches that you see, like PWG and uh, like the ones on AEW with like Moxley and Omega, I can watch those all day. I was so I am so uncomfortable watching Mick Foley versus The Rock. It stresses me out. There's a point in time where Mick Foley had his hands handcuffed behind his back, and The Rock just like and The Rock hit his face with a steel chair full force like six times. And Mick Foley's hands are, I'm like, I, he can't, he's like blocking the metal chair with the top of his forehead. And I was like, I can't, I can't watch this right now. Is it like, is it like watching old videos of Shibata and Ishii headbutting each other? Worse. Oh, worse. worse. Oh, gosh. Worse. Yeah. When I see the Shibata you know headbutts, yeah, I get scared. Have you ever seen Beyond the Mat? Have you ever seen Beyond the Mat, the documentary? It I is see. the best professional yeah. wrestling documentary in the world. They were behind the scenes for that match. And the whole leading up to that is Mick Foley talking about his family. He has a real, at the time, Noelle Foley was so young. Like she was like five or six. And she's front row 
when that's happening. And they keep cutting to them in the documentary of like her, his wife. Do you know the famous scene of Mark Coleman with his daughters? Like mm-hmm. in Pride? After he lost to Fedor. And then was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like <laughs> yeah, he was just sad. Mick Foley's wife is literally covering her kids, like holding it. She's like, don't watch, don't watch, don't watch. I'm like, this is, I can't do it. I can't do it. They're so young and they're just watching their dad get just wailed on by The Rock. Jeez. You know, but, you you know, know they, they go you backstage know, you know and they it's say, fake, hey, we're all friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's right. fake, guys. It's fake. It's fake. Well, I in that documentary, Mick Foley's a little annoyed because The Rock didn't go check on him after. Uh, Dwayne. But you can't say anything bad about Dwayne. <laughs> you can't. All right, a couple more questions. A couple more questions. Do, 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 do. Four Corner Sports on Twitter. Now that Valentina will face Andrade, will this mark ah. as Valentina's toughest fight at 125? Maybe. It'll be interesting. It's a different fight. That's all that matters. Maybe. Jessica Andrade is super powerful. It's Matt, what do you make of this fight? Uh, toughest, I don't agree with because um, she just fought um, Ioana <laughs> at 125 nah. recently. So. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different fight. It's a different fight, different style matchup. She's going to try to go in there and get, get her to the ground, I would assume. So that's an interesting dynamic that we haven't really kind of, kind of seen um, in balancing this fight as of late. So I, that, that's just the different aspect. I don't, I don't think it's going to be tough for Valentina to deal with that because I could see Valentina just snatching up an arm and going home early. So. Yeah, but I see Andrade picking her up and then slamming her down over and over again while she's holding her in the arm. <laughs> Don't you see it, man? I could I could see it. I could yeah, see, see it. Just like I a cartoon the, moment. <laughs> just the, the get off me. Vic- <laughs> the path to victory for Andrade to be Andrade is out there. Like Joanna showed it. Rose showed it. Rose was looking phenomenal until she got dropped in her head too. Yeah. Uh, and Valentina, the way to beat Valentina, there's been at at, at one twenty five has. The last fight was talent. Like Maya just said, F it. I won't respect your striking and just try to power you into the fence. And and Valentina looked super shocked and super frustrated for the first two rounds. And then she finally Mm -hmm. got her bearings. But like, hey, she's champion for a reason. Made awesome uh, uh, adjustments on the fly. But the path to beat Valentina at 125 is not written stone yet, I think. But I don't. So I don't know. To be TBD. On Andrade. Is that fight going to be at the Apex or is it overseas? No, 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 no. If it's at the Apex in the small cage, I uh, give Andrade a lot more chances to win. I think that because I think for Valentina to win, she's going to stand on the outside, basically make it a little kind of boring we, and use use footwork. We said, <laughs> we said the same thing when Andrade fought Valent uh, in the big octagon. That will be an advantage and for Andrade, not Shukagian. Yeah. yeah. And and Andrade got in close and body shot at her and sent her sent her tumbling. Watch Kian and Valentina. So uh, great yeah. fighter. Great, yeah. Um, I, I I like this fight. I'm still picking Valentina, of course, because it's Valentina sure. right now. She looks, you know, just incredible. Um, she's she's fighting at her peak. But um, this is Valentina, the right fight to make. Oh, absolutely, this I is love, the right fight to because make. it's it's different. I think because we're talking and we're not going. Oh, it's another another corpse, you know, for Valentina to punch, you know, whatever. Um, no, I think this fight's exciting, and uh, I like it. And um, and Andrade can put Valentina really on her back, and Valentina has lost rounds, significant rounds, I mean, like lost rounds badly, 
by not getting beat up on her back, but just kind of being complacent uh, yeah. uh, on her back. And she can't lose rounds that way. Now, can she lose three rounds in a five-round fight? Who knows? But um, I'm interested. And it's our last. Dillashaw possibly getting a title shot from Tristan Gordet. We've talked about this a lot, but Matt hasn't. Do you think TJ Dillashaw should get a title shot as his first fight back coming off suspension? Listen, in an interview with Mike Swick on his podcast, TJ said that Yana's been calling him out and wants to fight because he knows that he didn't beat the real champion to get the Bantamweight title. Matt, Casey and I have talked about this a whole lot. What do you do? You, a, do you think TJ should get the the winner of Sterling Yan? If not, who should he fight next? Um, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't care what TJ says in any of his interviews. He does not deserve a title shot because you admitted that you cheated. You have to have at least two fights, in my opinion, proving that you can fight clean, and then you can go, go, in, go in there and get a title shot. But coming back straight into a title shot after admitting admitting that you cheated and serving a suspension, hell no. Hell no. That's just – it's ridiculous to even to even come back and have the audacity to call for a title shot <laughs> after that. Got him. So who should he fight first? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know the, the best answer to that. To be honest with you, there's two options. What, what, I think. What do you think? I think Rob Font's a good one. I think he's sitting at five. Uh, Rob, like, and I, he's the only one that's not really matched up right now or hasn't. Like, I think Corey Sandhagen has earned his the winner already of Sterling and Jan. Um, if Corey Sanhagen wants that fight, because he gave an interview with our own Damon Martin, who said, I will fight TJ Dillashaw just to keep TJ from taking the title shot. Because I know Casey and Mike Heck like this other fight. If TJ, if they want TJ to fight Uriah Favor, because that it, like now's the time to do it, Sanhagen's concerned that if they give TJ a gimme fight and he wins, then he skips the queue. Corey Sanhagen's willing to fight T.J. Dillashaw to stop that. Any of those fights I'm fine with. If I had my pick, as a fight fan, I want to see T.J. versus Corey Sanhagen because that is an incredibly high-level fight. I think the Rob Fon fight is the one that makes the most sense just because Sanhagen's done already enough to win it. The Uriah Faber fight is obviously the money fight, so I'm fine with any of those three. Matt, what's, which of those three names, which one would you prefer? Hmm... I guess font, right? I guess. I like it. I, I, I don't have be, an I issue I think that would be an interesting, just a, a good fight, a good solid fight, just to, mm-hmm. you know, get 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 TJ's bearings back. And it's a good opportunity for font, too, to prove that he deserves that number three next to his name right now. If he, if he beats TJ, I mean, hell, he, he's definitely looking at a title shot. I if think he if beats he does, TJ... If he beats TJ, he doesn't have to take another fight, even though he's ranked number three. He can just sit on the sidelines, let let the rest sort out at the at the top, and just kind of sit there and be like, "All right, it's my turn now." Okay, so you still on the Uriah Faber fight train? Depends what point of view you're coming from. Uh, if you're the UFC and you want to make Sanhagen a star, um, you you book Sanhagen TJ because uh, that's what TJ that's what Sanhagen needs. Obviously, we know he's that good. We know he's like. No, as far as fight skills, he's that level. But as far in terms of just popularity, pay per view buys, you know, moving the needle, um, Corey still needs that win over a heel like uh, T.J. Dillashaw. Yeah. Um, if I'm T.J. Dillashaw, I absolutely want to fight Uriah Faber. 
there's you to me i know i know fighters are the most confident people ever in the history of the universe but bro you got you got popped the vpo you're not an evil person but you did something bad you need to come back and for yourself you need to show yourself that you can still fight at tj dillashaw level clean and i think uriah faber is a perfect opponent to do that It'll, i think that would motivate him in the gym It'll motivate him during fight week to sell the fight. And um, and I think it's a great showcase. It could be a great showcase performance for TJ Dillashaw. And it will kind of check off a lot of boxes like, you know, Matt's like, well, he needs, well, he needs to get a win, you know, he, a, a clean win. And if TJ Dillashaw can come out there clean, pass off his side of test, and just totally whoop up on Faber, someone he's had beef with, and, you know, all that stuff, then I think uh, that's what TJ needs. But if I'm the UFC, I want this just depends what UFC wants. If you want to make Corey a star, you do San Hagen and TJ. If um, they want to build up TJ to a, another title fight, do it through favor, I feel. Or there's just a wild card out there that just gets to fight randomly, like when Cruz came back and fought Mizugaki. Mizugaki, yeah. Right? Yeah, immediately. Like, that was his welcome. And then he got hurt again and came back and okay, fought TJ. Yeah. So, so um, unless they want to just throw him up. But, again, TJ's not coming off an injury. He's coming off a suspension. Suspension, it's yeah. A it's different. a little different, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we've gone way over time. Way over time. So, all right. Uh, just, just because we got the questions and answer it real quickly. Four corner sports again with the UFC not having anyone set in stone for tough at this point. Shouldn't they just contact Connor and Nate to do tough or Connor and Dustin to set the trilogy and have the belt on the line? No and no. I, I agree with that. No and no. <laughs> no and no. Thank you for your question. Thank you for your question. I think Dustin will fight Connor in May. For the belt or just for fun? For money? No belt. Just another, yeah, cool, whatever. To make money. Make money. Hey, good for mm-hmm. Dustin. Get, a, get another, not easy paycheck, but a very I think, winnable. I think wait, wait, right wait, now that... Was, sorry, was I Dustin the underdog right coming? The, oh, sorry, go on. I don't know. I have no. I don't know, honestly. Okay. I think right now the lightweight division, it's not a grand, it's not a tournament for the title. It's a tournament to fight Dustin. Dustin versus fill in the blank for the vacant lightweight title. If he beats Connor again, obviously. Uh, right now, I think Chandler should fight Charles Oliveira. Winner fights Dustin, especially if Dustin's going to. Because my predictions, Dustin Connor may let Chandler and Oliveira fight. Winner gets Dustin. As long or as the it, winner, whatever. I don't as know. long as it doesn't involve tough, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Anyway, no tough. Anyway, that's a wrap for this episode of the A-Side Live Chat. Thank you so much for coming and talking 90 minutes of fist fighting, Matt. Yes. I'm still waiting and, for and, you and to anime. Make with 30 minutes of anime. And 30 anime. minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. We got an hour of anime and 30 minutes of fighting. Yeah. But as you, know, as you know, Matt, the floor is yours to say, plug, talk about whatever you want before we sign off. Yeah, like we, uh, you know, we went a little long today, so I'll just keep it short and sweet. Follow me. Twitter handle's right there. Would appreciate it. Check out my work over at the Body Lock as well. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, you know, we went on a very nice rant about the UFC's decision to air Michael Chandler um, as a black history piece um, during this past event. So I won't, you know, go into it here, but go check out that video because uh, me and my fellow, uh, my colleague, Anthony Walker, who is also a, a friend of this show here, uh, we went in. We went in. And uh, yeah, I will just say that. My goodness. I couldn't believe that piece when I saw it. Anyway. I was like, I was like, Casey, <laughs> you got anything to say or we ended it on that? No, no. I'm... Yeah. Let Matt have the spotlight Let for Matt. that one. Anyway. Hey, hey, where my, where, where my Jack Johnson hoodie? Hey, Black History Month. <laughs> there you go. 
there you go anyway go go we'll find out we'll go find out matt's uh go find matt's all his work at the body lock great stuff as always uh he'll be back eventually he'll make his debut on between the links he can lose to me like everyone else Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. i don't know if mike heck is announced tomorrow's opponent but i don't want to spoil it here if he hasn't already but uh, tomorrow's victim tomorrow's yeah i mean fill in the blank is a victim yeah. anyway uh you find us on spotify stitcher google Podcasts, Apple podcast youtube all that stuff but until next wednesday we're out tune into virtual media day tomorrow you're listening to the vox media podcast network the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.